Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is your first time listening to the First Time Podcast, welcome and let me explain. It's really, really simple. Either me or one of my guests or all of us are experiencing something for the first time. Usually it's a movie and today is no exception. So today I have returning guests. You might remember them from last December where we ate a bunch of really strange uh how or christmas candy i'm thinking i have halloween on my mind because we're right about that time but we ate some uh weird christmas and thanksgiving candy and somehow they agreed to come back and do another episode so uh today i have joey and landon from the lunch break podcast welcome hey (laughs) thanks for having us back Yes, I'm excited. Um, this is actually an episode that was proposed on that episode. And <laughs> That's right. Crazy. Yeah, it's been in the bank, and I'm like, man, it's time to get this done. Uh, it's one that's been, you know, sitting on the shelf for a bit and sort of stewing. And it's like, we're, we're as of recording this, we're recording on September 1st, like sort of the unofficial first day of spooky season. Yes. That's right. And um, it's funny, I just listened to your new episode uh, that dropped, and uh, it seems like we always sort of have, and, and this time might have been a little more intentional, but like the last time I had you guys on, you had just done uh, some Christmas candy on your episode, and then we're back to sort of doing like almost like a precursor, like a prequel to this episode. Yep. <laughs> um, but for those who have never heard your show, um, first off, what's wrong with you guys? But second, like try to explain the show because I have no idea how to do it. And I know you guys have a hard time explaining your show, <laughs> but um, it's your show. So good luck. Well, first of all, when you said what's wrong with you, if you don't know, I thought you were talking about us. And I was like, that's a good way to put our show. What's wrong yeah. with you guys? I listened to yeah. today's episode and what the hell? <laughs> um, let's try to do this professional this time, Landon. Okay. We have a show. The main idea is that it's a it's a for your 30 minute lunch break we have an hour show <laughs> where you can sit back eat your lunch with us we talk about what we're eating it's kind of devolved into we might bring something for each other to try for lunch that day we talk about what we've been watching we go off on oh there's so many guests that come into the studio you guys get some big names it's it's so impressive it's yes. yeah it's very it's very humbling to have you know when sam elliott comes in Mm-hmm. And spends just just even five minutes with you, That's so right. stuff like that just happens. And I'm sure everyone out there right now is rushing to their computer <laughs> to subscribe. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you guys you know want to hit pause while you're listening to this, uh, they had Casey Kasem on their latest episode. Um, he makes yep. an appearance in today's movie too. But I mean, being on your <laughs> podcast, he's been dead for I don't know how many years. But uh, really impressive that you got his uh, ghost on your show. Really cool. How do you how do you manage that? Landon well, has this like Casey case of it's it's like a pentagram, but it's <laughs> it's just in the shape of his head. Yeah. And this is just in Landon's bathroom. He's always telling me to walk around it if I have to. He's like, can you just just don't don't disturb it? And <laughs> we finally used it last night. Our eyes rolled back into our head and the great CK showed up. Not Louis CK, the other great CK. <laughs> yeah, the other great CK. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he was uh, on an episode of uh, Say by the Bell. Do you guys remember that one where you say by the Bell fans? Louis C.K.? No, no. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Casey Kasem. Uh, uh, I don't. I, I never got into Saved by the Bell. I'm sorry to wow. say. Wow. Okay, so that's the next episode that we're on. Yeah, surprise. It's, a, it's a say by, <laughs> We're switching to Saved by the Bell episode. No, yeah. um, <laughs> I think there was like a school dance and he was, of course, hosting because that happens in high school. Sure, right. um, you know, you just have famous uh, DJs. Are there even I guess there are famous DJs. I haven't listened to the radio in so long. I'm 
like uh, Bob and Tom still a thing? I don't know. We uh, had uh, Bobby Bones do our uh, homecoming. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I don't know. That's a guy, right? Bobby <laughs> I was Bones. Say, who's, what's Bobby Bones? I, I am not isn't familiar. that a guy? Hey, I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> No, we had actually we had like a local radio DJ that was uh, sort of, you know, famous in our town, but his daughter was in my class. And so he would host our middle school dances. Nice. And um, I was, of course, the weird goth kid that wore like Jinkos and had a bowl mm-hmm. cut that I dyed oh, yeah. black. And I, I remember bringing like System of a Down. <laughs> And I was like, can you play Sugar? And he was like, this CD has a parental advisory. I was informed that we cannot play this. And uh, it was, you know, it was pretty uh, controversial topic. Like, um, yeah. he's not hey, so cool that anymore. Happened, yeah. I remember that happening to, I think, you and I, Landon, at a school uh, event where we had to go roller skating. Okay. And we tried to get the DJ at the roller rink to play a song. And he said, we can't do that because there's a swear word in it. I, and then I believe he played holiday by green day where there's lots there's of like a big you know nazi <laughs> nazi yeah. thing in the middle and yeah or he played boulevard of broken dreams just unedited so i was like okay well what's going on with this then you can't play our song but you know <laughs> it's just these these it's just these rules man i say we just it's just the whole system yeah mm-hmm. down with the uh the uh, middle school dance system i don't frankly do, yeah do, do kids still do those like that was a big deal when i was in middle school and high school the I'm, dance uh, yeah. our, uh, our teachers famously called it the middle school stand around <laughs> <laughs> good one <laughs> so that's yeah, why i that's, always that's uh, chose to dance as vigorously and sexually with anyone i could just to <laughs> stick it to the teacher yeah usually me literally <laughs> One of my favorite oh. memories, um, eighth grade, they did that, like, they called it eighth grade promotion, but it was, you know, like a graduation from eighth into high school. Yeah. And um, I was in full, like, goth mode at that point. And I wore, like, you're supposed to dress in formal wear for this and walk across the stage. And I was like, this is dumb. All these kids are going to, we're go- we're going to be in the same school next year with more kids. Why are we, <laughs> why, why are they crying? Yeah. I'm like, I, I, yeah. I don't, I didn't get it, but um. I wore this like black button up shirt, but it had the slipknot patch on the chest and then the big slipknot logo on the back. And uh, it said people equal shit on it. I, huge. <laughs> no, I did have a t shirt that said that, but this one was, you know, it was my like dressy slipknot shirt. And oh, okay. uh, I, you know, I had my hair dyed black and I was, I had, you know, like three earrings in each ear and I was just, you know, could not be cooler. And I remember my dad was in the audience, you know, they did it in our auditorium and all the teacher or the, the parents came. And this is just, I'll never forget it because that same DJ, um, his name was Cosmo, Cosmo in the morning. He was, Ah, he was in the crowd and he's sitting next to my dad and I get up and I walk across and I was a weird kid, but I was actually like, I got good grades and, you know, I I was, I was like quiet and weird, Um, but I, I, but I, you know, got, but I walked across and they were like, you know, tad good and clapped and Cosmo leaned into my dad, not knowing who that you know that was his son and was like oh that one's not gonna make it through high school <laughs> oh, oh cosmo, cosmo. Yeah. and i'm like my was dad was cosmo like, kramer <laughs> no, no. 
No, my dad. My dad was just sort of like, "Oh, and that's my son." And then yeah, <laughs> they had to sit through like another hour of this awkwardness. <laughs> and my, and the funny thing is, my dad told me about it later. He's like, "Yeah, Cosmo ripped you. Cosmo up. hates you." Right. And then I'm like, "Well, he probably remembers me from all the dances, me trying to get him to play like Slipknot and Corn and <laughs> all this shit." And Cosmo needs to be quicker on his feet. He needs to just say like, "I know," like you know. Like, that's why I'm just razzing you. Right, yeah. And right. And your dad spends the rest of his life kid. going like, why does Cosmo know who my kid is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, uh, so many strange... I remember my brother, he ha- he was like the first person I knew that had like Napster and a, and a CD burner, and he would burn us CDs for our holidays, like birthdays and Christmas and stuff, and that was, you know, a legit gift at the time. Yep. And uh, he put he made me a CD, and I brought it to one of the dances, and Cosmo... He really rolled the dice on this one because the CD <laughs> did not have which tracks were marked. Like he just oh. he put it in and just let let a song play. Um, the first one was Tom Green's "Bum Bum" song, um, <laughs> which you know was pretty cool at the time. But it was like, oh, that's this song is a little racy. And then the second one, which does not go over well at a middle school dance and does not get you the girls, is John Carpenter's Halloween theme, uh, especially when it's a summer dance. Um, mm-hmm. People were just very confused as to why Cosmo was playing the Halloween theme. Uh, just, you know, three, four timing on the piano. Most people were like, what is going on? Like, it went from like, uh, you know, like three, six mafia or peaches and cream or some weird R&B shit uh, to the Halloween theme. Right. Um, the good thing is that it makes Cosmo look like an idiot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly what it was. It was like, this guy, what's he doing? You know, He was fired the next day. I'm I'm sure he was working for free at these these dances because his daughter was in my class. But uh, they, the radio station heard what happened. They're like, "I'm sorry, Cosmo. We're you're let go. Let go. <laughs> your He's taste your is best. just." <laughs> he he plays it on the radio the next day, like by popular request. <laughs> yeah. The Halloween theme. Uh, but no, how did we got there from Casey Case and my guess? But um, sure. man, a lot of throwbacks. But. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've, now I feel like I'm on a lunch break podcast. To be I was going to say, that's kind of how the show goes. So <laughs> if you like, you just that, got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> you got a good preview of our, like what our show is. So, yeah, um, you guys are also on the prescribed films podcast network. Um, people always ask me about the network uh-huh. and they're like, how, what's a podcast network? And I'm like, yeah, well, it's shows that are sort of similar, but not always. Cause I mean, there's not any other show like your show, to be honest. Uh, you guys Ooh. do talk about <laughs> movies. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> we may be a we may be a bit of an outlier on the network, but uh, that that's how we like it, I guess. Being constantly worried that you guys are just going to kick us off one day. No, uh, trust me. That, that's it. Uh, me and Jason message back and forth like, did you listen to this week's episode? Like, yeah, like you're, you're not getting uh, kicked off anytime soon. Um we absolutely adore your show. And like I said, I listened to today's and um, laughed quite a bit because it sort of relates to what we're uh, talking about today. Um, you guys tasted a cereal and I'm jealous because you guys uh, got to try the Ghostbuster cereal and I have yet yes. to find it anywhere. Yeah, um, I was looking for the monster cereal, which is yet to be found anywhere. Uh, but they did have a little section of the Ghostbuster cereal. My thought was to get it and bring it on here and just have you guys listen to me eat it. But I said, <laughs> you know what? This isn't my show. <laughs> uh, maybe I should do that on the show where it makes sense and then gives people a little reason to tune into this. So, uh, well, yes. yeah. And if you're listening to this, you got to go and hear what they thought of the Ghostbuster cereal. 
Um, cause I've been looking for those monster cereals too. There's, I've, I've been in particular looking for the monster mash one that the has new one. Yeah. Yeah. All the, but I was sort of bummed to read that it's not as advertised. Um, I follow this, this, uh, blogger, video blogger, dinosaur Dracula. If you, um, aren't familiar, I highly recommend if you're nasty. His, uh, yeah. If you're nasty, go check out his stuff. <laughs> cause, uh, he's, he does some really strange, uh, he, he basically does what I we did for the Christmas episode, but for like everything. Um, he goes Freak. out and finds weird <laughs> stuff and um, records himself eating it. But he has the Monster Mash and it's just a two. Fr- it's like blueberry and fruit brute. It's not any of the chocolate uh, cereal. And uh-huh. yeah, so well, Count, Count Chocula, I guess, has his marshmallows in there. Yeah, there's marshmallows, uh. but it's. Uh, maybe they tried it and they're like, this is terrible if we just put all these together. But it is weird that it's it's advertised as all of them mashed together, as it were. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I should trust the people who make this. That is like maybe the chocolate and and the but saying out loud like chocolate and strawberries go together. You think that would be yeah, pretty good. I don't know. I guess we'll just have to buy our own individual boxes and make our make the real monster mash. Yeah, that's yeah. But I can't even find any of those. I found, so. I found two at Target. I found uh, Count Chocula, and, and the Target has like the vintage white boxes that look like they're from the Ooh. 70s, which are cool. Oh. Um, but they only sell them in like the huge ones, and I still have a box of Count Chocula from last year in the cupboard. And I think <laughs> my wife, if I brought another one home, would be like, seriously? Uh, yeah. Because I eat like one bowl, and I'm like, all right, that was fun. Uh, put, throw it away. Well, that's like with all these freaking oreos we have to eat for the show anything that's like this i have one and i say okay i got it now you have a like a family-sized thing of oreos you can't give away for free on the street you're like (laughs) trying to get rid of all these things and all these cereals i'm gonna have this ghostbusters cereal for until next halloween probably until the uh next ghostbusters comes out or until this one who knows when this one's actually going to come out it got pushed back another week um (laughs) i don't even know what the release date is anymore i've just I, 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 i don't think they actually made it yet I think it's uh it's coming out. It's supposed to come out around Thanksgiving and it got pushed back a week, which to me is like either they're avoiding competition with another movie or, or it's they're bad. or that or they're just not optimistic it's actually gonna happen because uh Tom Cruise's next Mission Impossible and uh Top Gun both got pushed the next year already. Yeah. Uh so not not a good sign. No, I think well I I, I appreciate that James Bond they've put out their final trailer and like this is actually happening we're not <laughs> going to that was supposed to come out like two years ago yeah, like they're yeah. finally just like we can't do this again <laughs> but i yeah i'm pretty sure it's not going to be a good thing to be going into a theater again no unfortunately no. and i was i was really scared that candy man was gonna bomb and they waited a full year you know they pushed it back yeah, over a right. year and it did very well but again i don't see things getting better in fall i think things in the fall and winter are just going to get considerably worse like it did last year so yeah uh i just i don't know man i don't know what you do you know you can't just sit on this big project you've you've been advertising for two years but yeah i i just don't know the solution either and uh but uh that's a bummer let's talk about exciting stuff i was thinking about and obviously we're talking no secret about ghostbusters but this has (laughs) to be one of the franchises that has the most like food (laughs) tie-ins we have the cereal obviously for the new movie they had a cereal for the original movie they had a cereal for the cartoon the real ghostbusters 
Mm-hmm. Um, when they released a female Paul Feig version a few years ago, they had Ecto Cooler came back, which was a re-release of the original High C Ecto Cooler. Yes. Um, they did the Key Lime Slime Twinkies, which I tried were pretty okay. Uh, they did White Fudge Marshmallow Twinkies last time, which were even better. Um, like a few years before the reboot, they did uh, Krispy Kreme had like a tie-in where I, I have this cool slimer bucket that you'd get donut holes in. Um, and they did like slime donuts and see stay puff donuts. I, I wanted there to be some sort of slime element to these, to this cereal, not getting into it, but because it is an afterlife tie-in, you know, they, there's like new shapes for new ghosts that we don't know about. And it's because I think they've just been sitting on it for so long. It's like they have to put it out, but no one has seen the movie yet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot like some, like, especially with these movies getting pushed back. I mean, we're getting like almost spoilers from some food and action figures. <laughs> yeah. Like they, I saw at Target, they had like, I'm going to butcher the name, just like that Shang something, the new Marvel movie that oh, comes yeah. out this week. Yes. The toys are already on clearance because they've been sitting on the shelf for like a year because it's been wow. pushed back so long. It's like. I don't, everybody's sort of getting, you know, obviously capitalism is getting uh, fucked by COVID, but, you know, it's yeah. just, it's interesting to see, like, you know, food, toys, everything. But yeah, this, that Ghostbuster cereal, I, I think I had some, some friends who found it, like, in the spring, and then they <laughs> pulled it back and, and had, like, stores put it in the back until fall. And it's like, it's going to be past date by the time the movie comes out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then I remember they also in the 80s, they had um, those like tubes of bubble gum that was like liquid that you like mm-hmm. squeeze into your uh, mouth and, and yeah. chew and it would make a gum. But they had a toothpaste, too. And kids, they had to put a label on them because kids <laughs> were like God. eating the toothpaste. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that Ghostbusters and their tie ins are at least doing something other than so so many franchises now just kind of put their character on a box and like don't change anything it's kind of the star wars effect really right maybe it's only star wars where the, it's just like the same tide pods but it, kylo ren is on it yeah like okay i guess i'll buy the star wars version of but nothing else has changed it's just like okay right. that's the official that's the official detergent of the sith what are we doing <laughs> but at least yeah, Ghostbusters seems to through the years they they put out something fun. They change the flavor. They have a little fun with the with the franchise. Well, now it, I'm just yeah, I'm looking at all these Ghostbusters slime pies. Mm-mm-mm. A lot of it makes sense because I mean, especially when your main bad guy is a marshmallow man. Right. I mean, you have endless tie-ins there. I I, yeah. I, I think the last they went crazy with the the reboot, like the female version. And uh, with the product placement, and I, I ate it all up. I literally ate it all up. I, I, I got, like, the marshmallows that were, like, green, and when you toasted them, they looked really cool. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I bought everything. I, I remember the Ecto Cooler was really, um, like, hard to find, and I got, like, three cases of it, and we, we were, I, I uh, took it to the Capitol so we could have it in the concession stand. I was like, we're going to be the cool, like, indie theater that has Ecto Cooler to drink. And some somebody got tipped off that we had it and we we're selling it at a normal price and he just came and bought all of it uh, and and someone some volunteer working was like some guy came by and bought all of your ecto cooler i'm like well where'd he go fuck that guy like <laughs> yeah who does that i'm like that he just ruined everything he ruined the fun yeah uh but um 
no, I, I, I'm a sucker for movie tie-ins. Uh, I miss like as a kid, every, every like kid's movie had a, like a fast food, happy meal toy tie-in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have a young, I have nieces, nephews, a lot of them, but it's like, I don't think that, I guess they might do it for like the secret life of pets and that kind of stuff. But like, it just may, it's probably just more nostalgia on my end, but it's like, you know, it's just not as cool. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that's, we were, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> Go ahead, Joey. What do you think? <laughs> no, and I think that, yeah. And yeah, so, um, <laughs> no, we were just uh, talking about this. Uh, I was over at my dad's house, and we, uh, there was a Inspector Gadget thing that, I think it was McDonald's, that you had to put together, put together to make a big Inspector Gadget. And I didn't yeah. even care to see the movie, but we traveled all over the state of Iowa, basically, to get the, because they had different, you know, the arm does something, it's its own toy, but then you put it together like a, uh, what's the Power Rangers thing? They all come together and oh, makes like a Megazord big one. or something? Yeah, yeah. it's like a yeah. mega inspector gadget. It, they just had some fun with it. Yeah, it's like a Build-A-Figure type thing. Yeah, yeah. And they're smart because they knew that parents would have to drive their kids all over right. and buy <laughs> them each a Happy Meal to get them. Yes, exactly. And now there's there's no creativity in uh, in the capitalism anymore. No, and I, I I had a friend that was in my neighborhood growing up, and his mom was a notorious hoarder, and she collected the okay. Happy Meal toys, and uh, they would, that was when you had to, like, actually, I think now they just let you buy the toy by itself, you don't have to get the yeah. meal, but back then, I think you did, because she would buy, like, three or four Happy Meals, and that was when they would have, like, a boy's toy and a girl's toy. Right. Um, and she would buy them and they'd put them in the freezer. So we'd have like slumber parties at his house and it'd be like, who wants oh. a happy meal? And it oh was like, God. oh, cool. And they pulled out and it's like frozen French fries. Disgusting. Like <laughs> they, she would just microwave is the grossest. Oh, fucking... no, you can't be doing that. No, no. And it was like she justified it by like her, her hoarding habits was like, well, you know, the kids like the happy meals. It's like secretly we're all disgusted by them. Yeah. And, and she wasn't even letting the kids have the toys. She was hoarding them. It's like, right. Yeah, I didn't recognize None until I was later. Yeah. yeah, that she had like a severe like mental illness and a real bad problem. Yeah. But, uh, man, I just keep going. Thanks down. for bringing up yeah, the uh, mood there. Bad. I keep bringing up like bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, let's talk about the uh, movie tonight. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters. Ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay, all right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. 
the city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. Do you want this body? Is this a trick question? <laughs> Stick. Hold. Him up. Smoke it. Bring him hard. Ready. Ghostbusters. Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Coming to save the world. Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. And they cut off right at the Whoa. perfect time. Uh, Ghostbusters was released June 8th, 1984, written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis, um, directed by Ivan Reitman, who also directed Meatball Stripes, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Junior, all kinds of great Schwarzenegger films. Um, starring Bill Murray as Dr. Peter Venkman, Dan Aykroyd as Raymond Stance, Harold Ramis as Egon Spengler, Ernie Hudson as Whitson Zedmore, Sigourney Weaver as Dana Barrett, Rick Moranis as Louis Tully, Annie Potts as Janine Meltnitz, and William Atherton as Walter Peck. Had a budget of $30 million, uh, did $13.5 million in the U.S. opening weekend, and then total was $243 million for its, for its U.S. gross. It holds a 97% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, as far as I understand... Landon, this was your first viewing, and Joey, this is one of your favorite movies, right? Yeah, we could say that. So, this, I was going well, to say... to clarify, I, it is my first time. Okay. I, first so, time? Exactly. And I do have to bring that up eventually, but uh, go ahead, Ted. No, what I was just going to say is, as two friends who have a podcast weekly, you guys have uh-huh. uh, grown up together, you guys share so much like how how did this never come about like is this something that joey is this something you've been trying to get landon to watch for quite a while i've i've bought him maybe more than once i've bought him (laughs) ghostbusters for like a birthday or christmas i've given it to him as a gift Mm. and he refuses to watch it and some part of me i believe is some some there's something stubborn in there that says i've i'm not gonna watch it i didn't grow up with this movie i don't care about it you wanted me to watch it just makes me not want to watch it. And I would hear, it's just a movie. I don't need to watch <laughs> Ghostbusters. And I would say, yeah, but it's, you know, it's funny. It's pretty good. And then he just refuses to watch it. And I was like, there must be something, and it's this podcast, but there must be something that will get him to just watch it. Because mm. I think he was trying to go as long as he could at some point just to not watch it. I I believe that in my heart. Uh, Yeah. that's it It, it's what it's one of those things you know it's you hear so much about it and joey you're probably right there is a sort of contrarian aspect in in my in my consciousness that that says oh everyone wants me to do that i haven't yet everyone loves bill everyone loves bill murray you know what he's not that great i just you know that's what's going on in your head i don't need to watch it everyone loves it i see the shirts i don't need it and i'm sure i have that with some movies thinking about of course you of do. It. You know. Of course you do. Uh, yeah, of course I do. I don't like much. 
But yes. uh, this is one of the things I do like, and much to my chagrin, I could not get him to just sit down for an hour and a half and watch this. Well, here's the deal, too, is that it's something that is so uh, a part of all of our sort of shared experience as people that grew up with it existing in the world. I kind of already know some of the stuff, you know? So it it feels like just by osmosis, I have most of it and so it's kind of like mm-hmm. I, I i know you know i don't i don't have to watch it because i know the stay puffed marshmallow guy i know uh slimer the slimer yes the uh of course onion head and i know uh <laughs> uh that he crosses his eyes when he dreams of getting a wet willy um i know these touchstones these cultural touchstones that have uh, pervaded our our our, cult, our our zeitgeist for for so long and uh it made me feel like i don't need to i don't need to watch that i get it well it's interesting because you guys like just a few nights ago i recorded um an episode of the show where someone had never seen jaws and it's very hmm. similar where i Uh-oh. sort of talked about like I feel like it's such a big part of pop culture. Everybody sort of knows the John Williams associates it with the shark, Mm. but it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to hear if, if there was anything like if watching it felt like a rewatch, even just because you know so much about it. Or also I talk a little bit about this on, on almost every episode is the way we're consuming these movies as almost like homework for a podcast is a little different than just um, naturally the way, because I, I think I, I sort of saw this movie later, probably middle school or high school. Mm-hmm. I have an older, I have two older siblings and we watch Karate Kid Goonies and stuff. I'm not sure how this one didn't get put in that rotation, but mm-hmm. it was, I feel like it, for me, it was one that I saw in bits and pieces on cable until one day, like a friend was like, Hey, let's sit down and actually, you know, watch it on my big screen or something. Right. Yeah, I think I also missed it in the right the right sort of age uh era of my life that I that I would have really enjoyed it. Um and then also and and then from there just actively decided not to watch it. But because I don't think we didn't really watch horror movies when I was a kid. No one else in my family liked them. I didn't think mm-hmm. I liked them until like kind of later on. 15 16 when i started hanging out with uh joey and like other friends that were like oh no it's actually fun to be scared and like to (laughs) like even the bad ones are fun to watch and you know then i kind of got into it but i think just the the threat of maybe something being scary in ghostbusters was just like (laughs) not that i grew up in a strict household certainly but just a a baby household where we we were babies. We don't like to. We don't like scary things. We don't like going on roller coasters. We are little babies. We don't want to be scared. So even the threat of a scary part of a movie was like, yeah, I've heard good things, but it's not something that we're bringing home for Mister Movies on a Friday night. Yeah, my wife mm-hmm. uh, had never seen Jurassic Park, and I was like, you know, how did you make it through? Like that's ninety four, <laughs> you know, and she's yeah. she's my age. It's like, how did you make it through not watching that? But it was, it was the same type of thing where her mom wasn't necessarily like, we can't watch it, but she was like, I think it's it's going to be too much for you guys. It'll scare you, so let's mm-hmm. not watch it. And then it's probably the same type of thing where it's like it's so ingrained in pop culture that she felt like. And when I was sort of sad because we finally did, you know, I was like, oh, I have the Blu-ray, like, let's sit down and watch it. And she was like, 
it's okay. I'm like, okay. But I'm thinking about like how I saw it in 1994 and had, as far as I was concerned, that was a fucking dinosaur on screen, you know, like that blew my mind, but I have to keep in mind, like she's watching it and you know 2016 or whatever it's not she's that impressive adult. yeah it's she's yeah. an adult and she's <laughs> yeah. she's seen everything it's like we're yeah. so desensitized it's like and, and this, I, I still think the effects hold up in jurassic park they're For better sure. than a lot of things that are coming out now but it's it's 100%. like it's not as impressive as it was in 94 yeah mm-hmm. well and that i mean i I am a Star Wars prequel uh, apologist, uh, sympathizer, uh, promoter in in a lot of ways, because I that was the the sweet spot for me. And then you know a lot of people obviously don't like them, um, but I I still think that they're good. Like there's just something to be said for the, there's a time in your life when you watch a movie for the first time, you're blown away. And you can kind of access that, even if you're like, okay, well, I know that this is like boring and whatever. It doesn't quite uh, match what people would call a quote good movie unquote. But um, there's still something in there that's magical for me to sit down and watch it. I can access my child brain and and say, I like a lightsaber fight, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's probably what Ghostbusters is doing for you. Uh, for me, on the other <laughs> hand, uh, <laughs> it's I I can confidently say what I've told Joey for years now. It is just a movie. <laughs> I was gonna say after <laughs> it's something like this too. I mean, it's been built up, you know, and the pressure has been put on you well, over the years to watch it. Yeah, I I look. I'm not a I'm not a doofus dumb person. I understand that my there. I understand that I'm viewing it with that some sort of nostalgia hook to it. I remember why I wanted to see the movie. I remember the first why? time I watched it. Well, <laughs> let's see here. And I actually have the uh, so I I first saw it in maybe maybe preschool, uh, <laughs> and I had this CD growing up, and I have it because I actually took it from my mom's house, and she calls me every night wondering where it is. But it's it was Disguise Incorporated presents Monster Hits number one. So there was Monster Mash, Adam's Family theme, and these were all the originals. This is not some troop of fourteen year olds covering the songs. The third song was Ghostbusters. Then there was the Jaws theme, Twilight Zone, Purple People Eater. Now we're getting weird. Love Potion number nine, Werewolves of London. Okay, uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents, and then Takata and Fugue in D minor, of course. Yeah. But I will listen to this, and I'm what three so i i heard the 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 theme song first and i thought it was great it's undeniable it's still a bop yeah yeah and it gets kind of dark in the middle it's like dunk dunk digga digga dunk twee 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 (laughs) you're just like what's going so i had this whole idea of the movie in my head just the the same with the jaws theme i thought the jaws theme was terrifying you know i Mm. i would just listen to this probably all the time not even around halloween but and also, when I say all the time, I was, again, maybe in preschool. So, like, not that much time was spent in my life remembering stuff at that point. So, we, I had that, and then I would go to, I grew up in a little town called Osceola, Iowa. And we just had one little, uh, no, sorry, this was Creston, Iowa. Anyone gives a shit. Okay, but I don't believe we, you. We had one little <laughs> library in town, 
where I could go rent and they had a show called the Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. So I found it and I was like, I found the Ghostbusters. Little did I know in 1975, there was a children's TV show called the Ghostbusters. And it was about a guy, his friend, whose name was Kong. And then a monkey uh, that was a person in a gorilla suit. That's name was like Tracy or something, which, so it is funny that the person's name is Kong. That's a funny joke. But it was it was like this person in a gorilla suit and two older white guys that would run around chasing ghosts for like a kid's TV show. So I rented this and I, I would rent it a lot. But I was just like, this isn't what this song is. So I was confused. My brain wasn't, you know, developing properly because of that. Yeah. But I would rent that. And so that's but that's all I had of that movie. And then one time. Uh, my parents were going out of town, I think, to go see like Bruce Springsteen or something. They got me a babysitter, and before they left, they surprised me behind their back. They had a VHS of Ghostbusters. Whoa! And the cover of this thing—it's got the logo. It's got the you know—it's all black. Head. It's got Onion Head on it. He's munching on hot hot dogs. <laughs> and uh, so I was just like, I can't believe this. So my parents left. I don't even know why they did like it could be scary. I'm sure they had to me. It was a new movie. I thought it had just come out. This was like 96 or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. 95, 96. And so I thought it had just come out, but they had probably seen it already and were like, it's not scary. He can watch it. So they let me watch it with the babysitter. And then I, I think it was just a regular staple in my house. I love that thing. I get that. That's what I'm, I get that someone watching it now. I watched it last night. I get that the animation's terrible. No, like, no, 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 no. I, I I don't worry about the animation. That's part of the charm. <laughs> you worry about the the storyline and the dialogue. <laughs> not even, no. I'm not worried about anything. It's it's a perfectly fun movie. Okay. Sure. I think. Sure. I'll say I'm I th- waiting for the butt. <laughs> I think if you. But it's the same for everything. So I'm not going. I'm not going to sit here and shit on this thing. I'm just saying. If you were to watch it objectively, like I did, yeah. you would see that it's it's really not that great. Like, it's funny. It's not the funniest movie in the world. There are maybe two jokes that I was like, you know, I just kind of laughed out of my nose. There's This is something that I hear from more than you, is when people go back and watch this movie, they go, it's not really funny. But to me, it is. Okay, I well, think here's my this question. This is like Bill Murray's one Shut of the funniest up. things. He's Shut up. Done. Here's my question. <laughs> no, go ahead. That's You've seen What About Bob, but you're going to say this is the right. funniest Bill, Bill Murray. And that's Murray my movie. second favorite movie. <laughs> what is this scary? Is it funny? What what's the what's the horror to comedy ratio that we're looking for? I don't think uh, it's supposed to be scary. I didn't know. I don't know like It's a comedy. Do you guys remember when you first saw it? Was there anything frightening? Because there's, you know, there's a there's a nice tradition of like preteen sort of uh, uh, media that yeah. is also very scary, but like kind of for no reason. I'm looking at, uh, I don't know, like Beetlejuice and stuff like that, where you're like, that I guess is funny but also scary that scared me as a kid beetlejuice is yeah. is creepy yeah beetlejuice is a little more dark this yeah i mean i th- I, th- I feel like outside of the opening scene yeah which is played pretty straight yeah it's yeah. actually played really straight right when we open it it sets a tone like it's going to be a at least a loose horror movie yeah and then from that point on it's it tilts way more into comedy 
I mean, even mm-hmm. even the second ghost, you know, Onion Head, he's uh, mm-hmm. he's more of a humorous ghost, not at yeah. all scary ghost. Yeah, he's he's munching, and that's funny. He's munching um, and sliming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, I I don't know. I was like three when I watched it, so I'm like, there were things that were creepy when they first when I first saw them. Yeah, but I don't ever remember being scared. Yeah. Well, I just also didn't know because, you know, sometimes, well, kind of like the Jurassic Park thing of like you watch an old scary movie that, or like Psycho is the scariest movie ever made. And then you watch it and it's like, well, yeah, scary for old people. Yeah. Like it was scary in the 50s or 60s or whatever. Right. We've never seen someone get stabbed before. There's like audio uh, clips of it's like someone recorded in a theater um, from like obviously the exorcist but the one that sticks out to me there's uh is floating around on youtube is when people saw john carpenter's halloween for the first time mm-hmm. and like michael jamie lee curtis you know stabs michael and then in the background he sits up oh you're right and the fucking crowd goes ape shit <laughs> yeah. if I, I almost want to bring my phone in because we're going to play it again this year at the capitol um mm. it gets the opposite reaction now people d- like die laughing like it's a it's a yeah. diehard comedy and yeah it hurts my soul like i can't even be in the room because it it just it's like i I don't expect people to be scared but i just don't under i think people try to mask fear with laughter at times where it's like if you're i I, somewhere in the me like middle and i can't expect people to react the way i want them to to a movie but why would you show up to this and just laugh through the whole thing i understand like something like friday 13th part four or whatever where it's gotten to the point where it's ridiculous but with like john carpenter's halloween it's considered you know a horror masterpiece or right the exorcist is like the biggest example because the stuff that scared our parents you know your mother your mother sucks cocks in hell and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. now right. like gets big huge laughs because it's we're also desensitized kids have heard all this already but it's like you know hearing my boss talk about the first time he saw the omen at the theater um and they stepped outside and it was storming outside and him and his friends were all scared shitless like they had they yeah. were losing their minds and i'm like i i want to chase that feeling like i've i i i i will never have that feeling but it's like man can you imagine being like so almost so pure that something like that can really take you emotionally and and seriously scare you to to death like right uh yeah. yeah, I think uh, we we tried to watch The Exorcist once and Landon <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> it's long. It's lo- it's very slow. It's a slow up. burn. Yeah, I just remember falling asleep when they were in Egypt or something. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. like it was very very <laughs> like, early. I was, when like, I was you, awake, you made it we three minutes in. in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is not what I was wanting to do on a Friday at midnight. <laughs> well, I also think that's one of those things the exorcist and i i've mentioned it on previous episodes like friday 13th i think people once again it's such a big part of our pop culture you know it's like the Mm -hmm. the pea soup and her head spinning um Mm -hmm. that people think that they've seen the exorcist or they've seen and especially like i watched friday 13th when i was in college with a group of um people my age and it was interesting because it felt like everybody was like we've seen friday 13th and it was getting legit scares because especially at the end like people were surprised that they when they found out that jason's not the killer because right. like, if you've never seen it but you think you've seen it you just assume yeah you know jason yeah jason's the killer in all of them right and it was it was really cool to like watch with a crowd who one jumped at like every jump scare and two like genuinely were like shocked at the ending i, I was like I'm never going to experience this again because people are so jaded now. It's like, 
you know, just watching it. I don't know. It's and that's what I sort of like about this podcast is that, you know, at least I do get some first time reactions out of people that are, are surprised by stuff. But I think it's it's a whole different thing when it's something as big as Ghostbusters or Jaws, because they are just like ingrained into our pop culture so hardcore that everybody's at least familiar with them. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Like I, I you know, it's I feel like sometimes I have people on and especially with big movies like this, I'm like, and so what did you think? And it's almost like the pressure's on them to say they like something just because it's it's so well loved and it's like it's okay to not absolutely adore something too. It's okay to be like, it was a fun movie, but it's not something, you know, you don't have that that nostalgic connection like we just heard yeah. his story about how he you know built up this this uh love for the song and he got the vhs tape and it's like you you didn't have that so of course you're not going to hold it to the same standards right and joey yeah. i bet when you finally did watch the movie and you found out the song is played like eight times throughout yeah. the runtime that was so nice for you wasn't it i i was so happy and i've you know, I get like I got the soundtrack. I love all those. I thought all the songs in it were great when I first saw it. I was like, "This is great." It gets weird. All these songs are like they have the all these weird dark parts. And I mean, yeah. this is one of the first movies I probably ever saw in my life. <laughs> so like anything that was happening in it, it was that that like a time where the things I'm seeing, I, I could not explain. Obviously, you see it now, and you get and you already know the stories of. Like, Lana, did you watch the like the making of this on? Didn't they just do it on Netflix for like the movies we grew up with? Yeah, they did. Yeah, like I we did. we always like there's already all that stuff is out there. It's like the first time I probably saw Star Wars, I knew about Darth uh, Darth Vader being as like people now already know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I was going into this movie completely completely blind to any of that stuff. And then I have all these iconic like shots in my head that I've always loved, like Dan Aykroyd turning turning his head and his like cigarette falls Stuck out of to his, his mouth. Lip, yeah, like that I was like, funny. I want to smoke cigarettes because of that. <laughs> like, I like all these just cool like moments. I think Rick Moranis is one of the funniest people. I mean, I love the. I think the team. I like Dan Aykroyd. I love Bill Murray. I mean, I don't have like Bill Murray on my shirt or whatever. Like some people just have like Bill Murray decals all over their car and stuff. Yeah, they make it a but pers- I love... personality trait to just like Bill Murray. Yeah, like Bill fucking Murray, and you're like, Ugh, okay. Yeah. But like, I I love him in this. I love his. He, I love that it feels like he doesn't care about being in this movie. Right. It really feels like he's not reading a script. He's making fun of everything that's happening because it is a dumb movie. I love Dan Aykroyd. I lo- I like that he. Like we were watching this last night, and my girlfriend was like, "Does he just know all this stuff, anyways?" And I was like, "Yeah, he's weird. Like he wrote this weird script where he has all this knowledge of of ghosts." I love Harold Ramis, like Christmas or um, not Christmas Vacation, <laughs> excuse me, but now you know the, the the original Vacation movie. I love the stuff that he directs. I think he's one of the funniest people. So having all three of them together, it was. I mean, and it could have been Belushi and and. Eddie Eddie Murphy up in there, we would have had a whole different movie, isn't that right, guys? Yeah, yeah. I'm very curious. Thanks. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a huge like we'll never know, but uh, to think that you know 
Winston was supposed to be Eddie Murphy and it was like a lead role. And then when they cast Ernie Hudson, it was like, well, now you're just going to come in halfway through the movie <laughs> and really do nothing to bring nothing to the film. I, I feel sort of bad because he's talked about it publicly. Like, yeah, you know, he when he read the script. Oh, it, yeah. But it, he got less and less pages. Right. Every time he got a new and it was like, wait, I don't come in till 45 minutes in. It's like, <laughs> no, we just need you here a few days. Like, why even include him then? You know, there was really I guess he was supposed to play the straight guy that was like, hey, I'm just I'm just here doing a job. You know, he was not he's the only one that wasn't a doctor or scientist. It's like just it feels like really just I mean, knowing that now it feels really tacked on. But yeah, well, and that's what I felt like all all of them. But Bill Murray are the straight men. Oh, like, yeah. No one. No one is. He he's doing his own thing, and right. it is funny sometimes. Except they introduce him as a <laughs> just a, a terrible guy, especially in a in our in our twenty twenty one lens. <laughs> oh, he's taking he's, advantage of a girl by tricking a student. Tri- yeah, yeah. Ma- ma- yeah, exactly. <laughs> a girl he- student by uh, abusing his power over her, and um, and abusing a a male student by zapping him for no reason. At at one point, he <laughs> winks at her when he's about to zap him and she like smiles and I, I kind of thought, Oh, we're going to find out that he's like, he's been stalking her or something. And Bill Murray's, you know, Venkman's kind of helping her out and he will sleep with her, but he's also (laughs) at least doing (laughs) zapping this guy out of the goodness of his heart. Um, you know, trying to ward off a creep, but nah, he's just doing that because it's funny. He's just zapping <laughs> just this, being an asshole. this guy, yeah, just because he wants to get with uh, one of his students, and you know it's the direction of that scene is great. Like they don't, I think nowadays a lesser director would have a close up of the cards and not not let the audience see that he's you know just kind of let it all play out in a wide right and and, and let the audience see what he's doing. And you know he Bill Murray's funny. I like when he jumps and smacks Dan Aykroyd on the head, and <laughs> like when he comes in and interrupts him. That's funny. It's all funny. It's just it, no one changes. He's not. He, they're not even people. They're not characters. So to you, does this just feel like like this is one of those '80s comedies that people like? Yeah, but and but my issue is that it's not even as funny as one of those '80s comedies that people like. I'm not That's rolling just, on the floor I, laughing. I hear that, I'm and yet sorry. last night I'm laughing. I've heard this multiple times from like just on other, maybe even other shows where people have rewatched the movie. But I think Harold Ramis is funny. I mean, obviously Bill Murray is like the most comic relief character. I think Dan Aykroyd's funny. What about what about Moranis, Landon? Give us your hot take on Moranis. Yeah, how do you not laugh when he's yeah when he's at the party? I love that like single yeah, shot where they're going that's through. Funny. Yeah, and that that whole thing was ad libbed by him. Like, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, they're all funny people, so it's even, not it's not shocking. Also, to when something is funny, you're like, oh yeah, that, that's what should be happening this whole time. Which is also interesting watching the new one, which I watched half of uh, the 2016. Uh, Answer the call. You have all of these hilarious people in their own right, and it all doesn't coalesce into something that's really funny. That being said, obviously I like this, the original, better just as a movie. Um, there's, 
but uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but no, I mean, I here, here's the thing. I appreciate that no one. This was a simpler time in in movies. You it's didn't just have, you fun. Didn't, you didn't have to have a character arc. You didn't have to do anything. You could you could do you could do it anything. You can open the refrigerator and there's a little cityscape and Zool looking at you. Yeah, because on paper this is. I mean, if if you read this to somebody who had no knowledge of film, absolutely, and just read the you know. Here's what Rotten Tomatoes had on the description. After the members of a team of scientists lose their cushy positions at a university in New York City, they decide to become Ghostbusters to wage a high-tech battle with the supernatural for money. They stumble upon a gateway to another dimension, a doorway that will release evil upon the city. The Ghostbusters now must save New York from complete destruction. On paper, it sounds fucking nuts. Like, how did this get made? Who, yeah. who who gave yeah. them money to do this? And they're like, oh, well, we also got, you know, some SNL people in here, uh, you know, and, and they it, it doesn't make sense on paper. It shouldn't like, you know, the 80s, they took a lot more risk, obviously. But yeah. I, I'm just surprised, you know, like even listening to that trailer, it's like it's almost yeah. <laughs> crazy. It's like there's how, so much stuff because, that because is... yeah and the ghost the idea of what a ghost is in this movie is just so strange like some of <laughs> them are dead people like when they come back and there's just a skeleton driving a taxi uh-huh. right and, like who is slimer why like why was excuse me why was yep. onion head <laughs> that was, was a guy he, so these were just <laughs> are these just ghouls because then there's demons right i mean i yeah it, it really does make no it does, sense it doesn't as, have a set set of rules like why do they like how do they contain them yeah, all this you have to suspend your weird... belief like that stuff becomes secondary um, yeah, you know, and it's funny that they try to mix in like the EPA, like they're concerned about it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're supposed to sort of ignore the fact that they're just putting them in this chamber and somehow they knew how to do that. And they had the tech, you know, figured out. But then they point they, they bring it forefront when the EPA wants to come shut them down. Um, but it, it really just heavily leans on the performances, I think, especially I mean, Bill Murray, obviously, which is sort of crazy to think like you know, that was for Belushi and then Bill Murray had to step in and do it. Like, would this, you know, would this be considered just a complete flop if Belushi would have stepped in? I don't know. Or if he would have, you know, stayed alive long enough to, to play the role. To, yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it, it is just a weird, like, it, and I, I guess, I don't know if you guys have heard, obviously, but like the, the original script that was, I believe what they said was like the, like Ivan Reitman, had estimated that it would be one of the most expensive movies ever made. Right. Like Ackroyd wrote it. That was like in different universes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like huge epic. So I'm like, I'm guessing that like, I'm thinking of that and then they must have re like gone from scratch, but he's got all these weird, you know, his whole family's weird. Like he has all this weird knowledge of these things in real life that I'm sure he wanted to put into this script that are just like insane concepts and then like this the building being built you know directly at this spot you all of a sudden you get the history of it like in one quick scene where it's like oh it's built on these parallel lines where it it draws all this energy to to for some reason to like make these demons come to earth it really doesn't it it doesn't make sense i get that <laughs> i'm just having fun it's fun yeah 
It is fun. Look, I'm not going. To, I'm not complaining about the movie. It is fun. It's a fun watch. I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not. If I if I watch that today, okay, last night, two nights ago, am, okay. and I'm a and I'm a, an executive, and I'm saying let's make this one of the long lasting franchises mm-hmm. of the next forty years, and we're gonna keep trying to do something with it. I'm not doing that. This is one and done, baby. It worked. Let's let's thank the heavens that it worked, and let's just let it be. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because obviously we know about the the female reboot got a lot of flack from people in general. Movie fans were upset about it. Um, yeah, you know, bros were uh, women can't be Ghostbusters, or whatever. Um, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It was fine. It was a fun, you know, hour and a half, whatever. But um, my niece one time came over and I think it was on like stars or one of the movie channels. And she sat down and she started watching it. And she was like, you know, this is like she, I, I could tell it like really captured her attention. And then like she asked my uh, my sister about it later was like, you know, can we watch that? And my sister let her watch it. And it was like she really thought it was cool and wanted like the action figures and stuff. And I'm like, so I realized that maybe that movie, you know, was not for me and that's okay. Like, so I, I'm just sort of thinking like, you know, this was made in the eighties, but it, it's such a strange concept that it's like, is this for adults? Because it's, it's certainly adults playing these characters. It's sort of an adult theme, but it's also not like it, it, it's very, it, it doesn't have like any nudity or swearing it has a little bit of, you know, adult content, but it also, isn't like childish either it's sort of in this weird middle ground yeah yeah and it uh, to me it presented as something that had that already had its own mythology like the way they make the movie like when they all get together and put their like packs on like they have this whole there's this whole aesthetic to it that sticks with you like they've got the proton packs they have their like very specific outfits with their name tags like all of it all of it comes together to make like, it made me think like, is there some sort of history to these characters? I don't know about like, there seems, there seems to be this well put together package of like this, this could easily be a, an action figure. Or then when like the stay puffed marshmallow man comes, that's, that just seems like some sort of marketing thing of like, this is going to be a toy or like, this is a, a food tie in. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of that going on where it seems like it's made to be this, this merchandise machine almost, which maybe it wasn't, maybe it's just good. Like that, but that there's a reason why that stuff persists. Like this is an easy, this is a Halloween costume. These are characters that we like, you know, this is a movie we can put on for the family. Cause it is like a family movie at this point. Nothing about it is scary. I mean, stuff is weird. Like there's unexplained. Like when I watched him, I'm like, why is he crossing his eyes so good? And then I was like, oh, I see. And then, you know, she's like making out with, with, uh, with Lewis at the, you know, when they have to like seal the deal and it gets weird. And there's like a lady covered in bubbles that's naked. Yeah. There's, there's no, uh, no scarcity of sexiness. Thank you. Which, uh, I think also probably if, if it hits you at the right time when you're a, a young man, um oh yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you're 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 not you're not mad at Sigourney Weaver when she becomes the 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 gozer, the gatekeeper of the gozer or whatever. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's another thing that's sort of like we were talking about, you know, Bill Murray early in the movie. He is like 
totally skeezing on her. I mean, like, yeah, un, you know, not no shame at all where he's uh, just laying it on thick on her and then making fun of her friends, like any guys <laughs> hanging out with, like. It's weird. That does feel like a very 80s movie thing, though. Oh, yeah. Because she's like, no, no. And he's like, I'm going to prove to you, like, I'm in love with you. And, you know. Right. There's, well, like, that very weird that's the flirting, other thing, quote, unquote. He, he gets, he basically seals the deal before any of that, before he actually saves her. Mm-hmm. He seals the deal when he. Uh, he's so meets charming. Up, meets up with her. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. Uh, when he meets up with her outside of work. Mm-hmm. After he's become hugely successful as a Ghostbuster, and she's suddenly into it, he changes not at all. Her first impression of him should ostensibly be the same, except that now he's just like people like that he's a Ghostbuster and he's kind of famous, and it just and it feels yeah. wrong. It feels wrong. She doesn't know that he's actually going to save her. And it's not even that big of a moment, like that he's specific, like he, his intention is to save her. I felt like that's not, like they just kind of do it. And then she, and she happens to live through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like not even super bummed that she's gone. They're just like, yeah, sorry. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But it did, it did strike me as like a very, uh, uh like i don't know um certainly weird when when he's first goes to her apartment and she's not into him and he's just, just like trying everything and then he's like i i love you I, I like just professing his love and stuff in a very like obviously he's joking but also it felt like a like a leaked dm conversation like of it, someone it, who's been outed as a yeah he's, <laughs> as he's a, trying to use what he thinks is charm he will use like any to, tactic to try yeah. to get her to just agree to uh you well, know, but cross, when cross she is eyes. possessed by a demon he does not take advantage of her that's right he says no i can't oh, well Lulia. i could <laughs> so, yeah. it was a very 80s saying like i mean bill murray in general you know obviously huge in the 80s but i i just yeah you think about a guy like him who's you know if, if you uh, again if you'd like paused or just took a picture of him and showed it to a woman who was not familiar with who he was they would be <laughs> right. like he's he's tr- not traditionally handsome guy in any right. way he hasn't no. he never was in his career like he's right. he's always had you know a bad hairline he's he's not traditionally at all handsome but he, you know, is we just don't have like actors like that now. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it seems like true. everybody has to be good looking, even like, you know, people's in this is maybe sort of mean, but it's like, I've you know, people sort of make fun of like Adam Driver and make memes and stuff. It's like that guy's fucking handsome, too. Like, don't act like yeah. if that's yeah. our, if that's our like bottom line, like I'm fucked. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, but we, we just don't have like, you know, the. I don't know. It's like everybody on the SNL cast is fucking gorgeous and handsome. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. you know, it's like looking back then, I mean, he was, you know, I, I, Chevy Chase was like the most handsome guy on SNL back in the day. And he, he right. looks just like a dad, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just something like an eighties movies where a guy, and I guess, I guess you could compare it to like now where Adam Sandler always has a super hot wife in every movie, but like mm-hmm. Bill Murray, it was always like batting higher in his movies. And, you know, he, he was just For getting sure. girls that were out of his league. Um, obviously in this movie, yeah. huge time, but uh, 
you know, it gave it gave like funny guys hope. It's like, you know. Yeah. Well, now yeah, the like highest paid comedy actor is probably like John Cena. Right. Like that's yeah. <laughs> what yeah. people are hiring for. Like we need a funny guy as the lead. Oh, yeah, it's the funniest guy you could think Get of. Get this guy who is 200 pounds of muscle. Yeah, exactly. Fucking cut his <laughs> He is funny though. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah that's, he... <laughs> that what, that's what makes me mad. Yeah, I know. It's like God damn it, you <laughs> can't be problem. good at everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um one thing I no. noticed this watch, yeah. like rewatch, um, I, I watched this last year at the drive-in and that was, that was pretty fun just because mm-hmm. like, you know, last year there was like no movies coming out and it was like, I was just dying to get out of the house and do something. And the drive-ins sort of brought back a you know, brought back to life and it was like, they're playing Ghostbusters. Was, oh, hell yeah. So we went and saw that and that, that sort of like revived my love for the movie um i've we've played it at the capitol several times and you know it's i i I really do enjoy the movie i'm i'm not one of those people that collects all the i do have some ghostbusters toys and stuff but i i have some friends who this is like their movie and they own everything that comes out including Mm -hmm. you know they they have like replica proton packs and they have the the traps and the uh jumpsuits and everything um i'm not that hardcore but it has such a strong following. But um, one thing I noticed this rewatch this time, like it's, it's, it's only in movies and, and probably more so in eighties movies, just because you mentioned that they play this, the, the theme song like eight times, but they play it like right at the beginning before they are even ghostbusters. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine watching this without watching a trailer? And it's like, you know, the title, but it's like, they have a theme song. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're teachers. Like what, what's going on? Like they play it well before they're fired, before we even get to meet all the ghostbusters are playing the theme. Yep. Uh, it, it seems like they, they like, really knew they had a number one hit on their hands with the song and they're like, we're oh, going to yeah. use it as much as possible, get it stuck totally. in people's heads. And you know, it became like a, a marketing thing. Yeah. And I, I think-, think at the time you have those people that are such big stars, like people want to go see them and it's like, yeah, they're the ghostbusters. You don't even know what that means. You're just excited to go see them do that. And throughout the whole movie, there are other movies like they don't do that as much now where there's so many songs that are written for the movie Right. That's just about ghosts and like it's a there are just songs about yeah. the Ghostbusters and it's fun. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Sir, sit down. <laughs> well, now they're all like, you know, we get a song. It's like really emotionally driven and they go for, you know, they try to win Oscars with them, like best original song. And they're just I, I can't. Yeah, I can't remember the yeah. last like fun, you know, theme song for a movie. It's been so long, but uh yeah, it's it's something that was just specifically almost to the 80s. I mean, I think of like Karate Kid, you know, uh, so many like different 80s. Goonies had Cyndi Lauper, you know, Goonies are good mm, enough. Right. Like, and, and the funny thing is they all had music videos with celebrities that were not in the movie. Like this had <laughs> Chevy Chase and, and a, a slew of celebrities in the in the Ghostbusters music video that we're not ghostbusters or even and it's like it makes no sense it's just like how many big names can we fit in this for some reason yeah they just knew that song i mean the song is pulling pulling a lot pulling all of its weight on its own like the song mm. is a classic like you could never even make a movie called ghostbusters and put that song on the radio and i think people would probably like it like it's it's that catchy of the song have you seen there's an awkward video of ray parker jr on like a (laughs) late night tv show performing it 
and oh, he's just singing it over a track and it's oh, really no. awkward because he doesn't have like a back backing band or like dancers or anything <laughs> and so he doesn't know what to do so he's just sort of like moving his shoulders yeah and he's just standing there with one mic up to his mouth and he's just like it's like karaoke on in front of the world <laughs> and it's so fucking awkward but it's so funny uh watch that. it's just like a moment in time where it's like he got it's like no one thought this through until he was up there and they and yeah. it, it was like live and it's like oh shit what do i do like yeah. i don't have the the ghostbusters around me to do the dance i don't have you know there, there's, when it comes down to ray parker jr it's not that exciting yeah but it's, it's such <laughs> it's such a monster hit they had to have him on you know like every whatever it was back then carson i guess uh you know i just mm. It's. I think it was. It might have been his show or or some variety show, but it's just incredibly, incredibly awkward. That's Which cool. has to drive the popularity of the movie. I mean, because that was on the top, like Billboard charts for like years. Yeah. Just year round, and that there has to be something tied between that and people loving this movie. They know the song. Like it's just it's it's tied to that no matter what. And that's why people love the movie, I think, too, is they know the song and it's tied to the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, again, ingrained in our pop culture. It's just like, you you know, you don't have to see the movie. You know the song. You know what it's about. Um, Everybody knows the words. It's 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 really, really, really simple. It has almost no lyrics. It's it's essentially a commercial jingle that became a number one radio hit. Yeah. 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 How about that? Well, I have a little bit of trivia I'm going to go over, but let's hear from the uh, Prescribed Films Podcast Network real quick, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Well, Joey talked about this a little bit earlier, but Dan Aykroyd sort of a, a unique character, a unique guy in general, but, um, this movie was inspired by his family's history. So he grew up surrounded by spiritualists. Um, his great grandfather, Samuel Aykroyd was a noted 19th century psychic investigator who conducted seances in the Aykroyd family farmhouse. And then, uh, I think his grandfather, Maurice was an engineer for the bell telephone company. And he allegedly tried to use his know-how to create a high vibration crystal radio that would contact the spirit world. And then his, Father Peter had a library of books about spooky subjects, um, including his great grandfather's seances. Um, and so obviously Dan grew up around that and, uh, you know, that inspired this crazy idea of what if we took paranormal and mixed it with comedy? Um, mm. so it's almost like a happy accident that, and, and like Ackroyd has always been openly very, strange i mean he's he's got that like crystal skull vodka he believes in he actually believes in aliens uh i've always sort of appreciated him for just being so out there in in a way but not like crazy conspiracy theory out there yeah i've yeah (laughs) i've never found him funny but i respect (laughs) (laughs) 
I I do respect his uh his willingness to just be who he is. Yeah, he he's never been one of my favorite comedians. He's probably my least favorite in this movie, but mm, yeah. his passion for like this franchise and things he does is is sort of intoxicating. I I don't think this we would have a new movie coming out. We probably wouldn't have a sequel if it wasn't for him just like pushing so hard. Uh, it feels like he's sort of been the driving force behind all that. And I don't know if that's just his love for it or his love for buckets of money, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. or a little bit of both, but yeah, um, it could be both. Yeah. The original title was ghost smashers. Um, so who are you going to call ghost smashers? It still it has the same number of syllables. It would still, you know, I think it'd still be okay. It would work, but you can't say smashing makes me feel good. I guess you can. <laughs> well, what is busting makes me feel good even better. Yes. Busting makes me feel good. I don't know. Smashing makes me feel good. <laughs> well, and Joey talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, Columbia Pictures paid production company Filmation a license fee to use the name Ghostbusters after it emerged. Formation had made a short-lived TV show in 1975 called The uh-huh. Ghostbusters. So they had filmed this whole thing, and this is on the uh, movies we love or whatever on Netflix. Um, they talked a long time about this um so i won't cover it too much but it's interesting because basically they filmed this whole movie without you know checking to see if that was copywritten and and they had all the actors saying ghostbusters several times answering the phone ghostbusters the theme song ghostbusters and then it was like oh shit someone owns that now what <laughs> uh and they were in a unique position luckily the the Product, like the head of filmation was actually coming over to the studio that was making Ghostbusters at the time, like just crazy good timing. And they, wow. they worked out a license deal and it wasn't like over the top expensive. Cause they could have really just fucked them and been like, give us all, like, you know, millions of dollars for this. Cause what else are you going to do? Right. I, I believe there was, they were at that time filming they had to do two takes of everything. Oh wow! So like when all those all those extras are out in the street going like Ghostbusters, go! They had to then shoot it again with all of them saying like Ghost Smashers, Ghost Smashers. Ugh. So they had to have everything <laughs> shot twice while they like worked on that deal, and that is just so weird. And I'm like, I want to see that footage. I don't know if they would even have it still, but it's just a weird like alternate. It just it doesn't sound as good. Well, yeah, and they did that because the movie was pitched in May of 83 and greenlit with the stipulation that it had to be released in June of 84. So literally 13 months later, like a year and a month, and so they didn't have time to work out the deal. They just said, "Fuck it, we need to just film both versions. Yeah. We'll use what we have to cuz we don't have time." It was like a race to get it done. Release the Ghost Smashers cut. That's <laughs> all you. I'm saying. Yeah, HBO Max or looking at you. Exactly. And do it in black and white. Why not? Four three. Yeah. Aspect ratio, <laughs> so yeah. I can enjoy it like I want to. Like it was intended to be seen. Thank you. On the big screen as a big square. <laughs> as wide of a screen as I can get, but as tall of a picture as I can. Exactly. Get. <laughs> um, this one's pretty well known. Peter Venkman was written for John Belushi, but he died, so they replaced him with Bill Murray. But then, as a tribute to Belushi, which I don't think is a good tribute, they apparently <laughs> made Slimer like to be. A, a, I'm like, that's like the biggest fucking that's, insult. Yeah. Like you're just a fat thing. flying blob. Yeah, that they're eats like everything and stinks. I think they said it's like 
it's him from like the cafeteria scene in Animal House, and I'm like, what, you mean when he's like playing a monster person? <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. Like, a gluttonous, freaky, <laughs> like hot, and like he just died. Right. Like your friend <laughs> just died of like a heroin cocaine overdose. <laughs> And he's like, this is what he would have wanted. Yeah. No, Dan. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of, uh, yeah. After reading that, it's like sort of distasteful, but um, they knew him better than we did, I guess. So. I guess. But yeah. I don't know if I would want to be immortalized as like the fat, gross ghost. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, we talked about this one a little bit. The character Winston was meant to have joined the team much earlier and would have been slimed at the hotel. When Eddie Murphy declined the role, the script was rewritten to have Winston appear about halfway through the film. So, but why I, that's just weird because like, I get that. Um, I, now I can't think of his name. The actor. Winston that plays Zedimore. Yeah. But the actor, Ernie Hudson, Ernie. Ernie Hudson. Yes. Um, like he's, I get, he's not Eddie Murphy, but it's not like he's a bad like he's good yeah he's, and don't you still need fu- the like character yeah like, I, it's th- just that they weird could easily that just like take him out yeah just... i al- almost think that murphy would have been too much i mean with uh oh, 100%. Bill, bill murray in there being so upfront and taking every scene you know it's like would there be room for those two together it would have been too much that's what i think too about the 2016 uh reboot thing it's like you have all of these really big comedic personalities all basically just doing what they want to do and some of it is funny and but it's it's (laughs) but they don't get the shine like they yeah no no one stands out because it's all like they're all doing their riffs that don't go anywhere yeah right. yeah and like it's not as cohesive as it could be if the, if you just which i will say i mean i i actually probably laughed more watching that one it's insane <laughs> i don't know what i'm listening to <laughs> i mean i i didn't find it as funny but i laughed more do you understand what i'm saying uh sure it's actually pronounced <laughs> zedamore okay. no i i get it because I'll be honest, like when I watched, I think it was again popped up on TV or cable or something. Um, and it's maybe it's more just my wife's reactions, but like anytime Jack and Jill, Adam Sandler's movies on TV, I, I put it on or Zohan or whatever, and I put yeah. it on, and she gets so like irritated by how dumb it is that I laugh my ass off. <laughs> and I don't know if it's her reaction or just the dumb Adam Sandler humor, but Adam Sandler is like, even the dumbest, worst movies he makes laugh. I laugh my ass off. It doesn't necessarily. I think I. I, yeah. I, I know they're not as they're not good movies. Yeah, so. Hubie Halloween's not a good movie, but it is the best movie I saw that year. <laughs> right, it fucking makes me. It make, I laugh at it more than anything else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Louis Tolley was written for John Candy, but he envisioned Louis as a stern German man with a thick accent and dozens of dogs, and he wanted it to be a starring role, so they um, decided not to go with him. But, man, I would love to see the John Candy cut. Release the candy yeah. cut. Of yeah. <laughs> I fucking funny... love John Candy. As a kid, <laughs> yes. I had a sick obsession with him. My parents were like, we might need to get him checked out because he want he I could not get enough John Candy. I loved him. And my parents were like, why is that guy your favorite actor? They did not understand. And I, I maybe don't understand, but he made me happy. Like everything yeah. he did made me laugh so much as a kid. So totally. He's he's great. It is funny that like if if Joey and if I had two other friends 
um, if Joey and those <laughs> other two friends came to me and were like, hey, we want you to be this really funny part. It's going to be actually kind of a big part in the movie. It's not exactly a starring role, but it, you're kind of a snobbish, nosy neighbor, um, and you you kind of do all this comedic stuff, and you get to be a part of the big finale. And my, re- <laughs> my reaction is okay i'm gonna do it completely different from what you just said and also i'm the star now it's just a funny thing yeah i'm that... I'm always curious of how at least the second part about because he comes off as so pure john candy always came off this yeah and no one's ever but... had anything bad to say about him maybe his kids that i think his kids said you know he wasn't always the best dad because yeah. he wasn't always around but he seems like a genuinely he always seemed like such a genuinely sweet guy i can't imagine him being like dramatic about it you know be, yeah playing yeah. That, that i would like to yeah that, that seems to go against everything i've heard about him from yeah. anyone that could like even stories i've heard of just people meeting him like on a plane and they're like he was the nicest person like he was so like wanted to talk about everything you know just like is so nice and it's yeah. just a strange what was the uh the sketch comedy show they're on sctv yeah yeah um i i was also reading a little bit because this research for this movie led me down a rabbit hole of john candy of course um and there were even like stories about like uh when they were shooting they had this like intern on the set who did not really know anything about the show he just hired to like get coffee and and carry cables and do whatever and he was like winding up cables and john candy walked by and he was just wearing like sweatpants and a t-shirt whatever and the guy was like hey could you help me out here and john candy like bent over was helping him and and one of the other stars came through and was like john we need you like and makeup and he's like well i'll be right there i'm helping this guy like carry the stuff (laughs) and the guy like the intern was like oh i'm so sorry mr candy he's like for what it's like i'm making you like i didn't i didn't know you i I didn't recognize you i'm really sorry he's like i'm no better than you i can carry cables too like yeah you know and that's the kind of story where i'm like do you really think he would have been like and i want it to be a starring role or i'm not doing it It, it, to me it's probably more of like i can imagine a uh conflict of like schedules because around that time he was in everything too right like, yeah that, that makes a little more sense or just as simple as like oh i think it would be funny if i was a german and i had a bunch of dogs and they're like yeah we can't that's too much time and yeah money. or right. just you want and, like <laughs> if i'm gonna go out of my way and do this in your schedule like i want maybe he did want a little more like well if you could make it a little bit bigger part or something like who knows right yeah. all right i'm Ackroyd. sorry I'm sorry I made up the fake hypothetical. <laughs> you put it on IMDb, <laughs> didn't you? Okay. You caught me. <laughs> Have you guys heard that story? Um, and this is a little off topic, but it made me think of it. Um, you know, Seth Rogen was out promoting his book and he that story about um, Nick Cage and how they wanted yeah. him as the villain. And <laughs> yes. uh, the Green Hornet is so fucking funny. Like they they just wanted him to play the role that Christoph uh, Waltz ended up playing. And they're like, you know, they gave him the script and he's like, I, I want to do it in this certain way. And they're like, uh, no, we'll pass. And then later they're like, well, we, we should hear him out. It's Nick Cage. Like, we really like him. Right. So they had dinner with him. He shows up and he's like, he, he, he wanted this character to have like, what was it? Like tattooed hair and yeah. have a <laughs> bohemian like uh or like Rastafarian accent, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he showed up in dinner at dinner in character and did the whole bit, like his whole, oh my god! And then like Seth Rogen just laughed at him, so he got up and left. <laughs> 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 but it's just, it's like on paper, it just sounds like he wanted him as a stern German man with a thick accent, dozens of dogs. It's like I just, 
I can John Candy. I can Vic Cage. I can absolutely picture doing right. this, but John Candy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. he just pitched idea, and they were like, "We're gonna go in a different direction." Yeah, yeah. That's probably more like it. Um, Christopher Walken, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd, and Jeff Goldblum were all considered for the role of Doctor Egon Spegler. Um, having got so close to the character during writing, Ramis felt compelled to play the part, thus resurrecting his dormant acting career. What character? Oh my god. They're not characters. They just say the words and then let Bill Murray do funny stuff. He does. He Out of all of them, he is, well, I guess uh, Ernie Hudson, but he really doesn't like... And, he, and I, I also read he at, there's a point where he made sure during the whole movie to not smile. Like, he wanted his character to be so straightforward <laughs> and, like, a dead serious uh, scientist that yeah. was there for, like, the act. You know, he's there and he's there for work. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess you, you do have to have a straight man. But, yeah, I, I sort of agree with you there that there's not really a whole lot of character to it. And I think almost all these other actors would be too good for it, maybe, for what was yeah. written there's not a whole lot there to play with and goldblum obviously and walken are you kidding like those two names christopher lloyd all of them sort of yeah. have that way over the top uh you know almost caricature um, of like expressionism you know yeah but that could have maybe even made the part funnier like you know i mean like what he's doing is kind of nothing so yeah. if you had christopher like walken maybe saying he collects spores mold and fungus it might be funny because he's saying it i collect spores yeah. <laughs> something like like that where he's just like because you feel like these are lines that are maybe supposed to be jokes. i want gold i want gold bloom oh yeah. that would be yeah i think it like the, the central way that he says everything would oh, make yeah. it f- funnier <laughs> yeah <laughs> like when you would have drilled a hole in your head if i hadn't stopped you or whatever yeah it is like <laughs> it would have worked uh, if you hadn't have stopped me yeah yeah, he, the, he mean, plays Ramis it very is, dry, very very dry. Yeah, uh, Ramus is funny otherwise too. It's just yeah, it's the idea that he was so attached to the character after the character ri- that he writing had to it. play it. Yeah. <laughs> when like, yeah, he didn't write much like, for him. Yeah, like I I just I I have to do this. I have to play this character <laughs> to say yeah. four <laughs> funny lines that are throwaway and just kind of be in the background for the rest of the movie. All right, whatever. Um, Michael Keaton turned down both the roles for Dr. Peter Venkman and Egon Spangler. I don't know how much I believe that one. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I always tell people take this with a grain of salt because I just yeah. pulled it from the internet. I think, and I think turning down, yeah, probably is a lot of like scheduling stuff. Right. I mean, we have to remember he was Batman. So, yeah. Or know. he did read the script and he's like, what, it, what is this? <laughs> right. I wonder well, yeah, this is probably if some of these when people he read is... the original crazy script too. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What, it would be interesting at what point did they quote unquote turn it down? Mm-hmm. Uh, if Sorry, Dan Aykroyd comes to you with a 300 page script of the multiverse. <laughs> and like, you know, like, like, okay, uh, uh, we need to get Dan checked out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work, pal. <laughs> Uh, Sandra Bernhard, uh, Michael McKean, and Paul Rubens were all considered for parts but declined. So Sandra Bernhard was considered for Janine. Michael McKean for Lois, which would be actually pretty good. Uh, Mm, And Paul Rubens for Gozer, which I would fucking give me that cut. uh, Paul Rubens (laughs) in this anywhere. Um, Yeah. It it makes sense. I mean, he's so tiny and skinny that, you know, he would. I just imagine like Gozer flying through the air and going, ha ha. 
Yeah, yeah doing yeah. freaky voices. Yeah. Uh, but I love Michael McKean. I think he, you know, I, I like what we got, but I would love to see him do Lois. Yeah. Yeah. Or Lewis, yeah. Um, director Ivan Reitman provided the sounds and noises for Slimer and the voice of Zool. Um, obviously, some post-production on those. Um, yeah. Associate producer <laughs> Michael natural. C. Gross created the Ghostbusters No Ghost logo. So he was, I think he worked on the art department for several movies, too. So it's not like he was just like a producer that was happened to I got be a good idea. artist. Like, yeah. yeah. Hey, it's an iconic. I love him. that. There's Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great. What? I love this. I used to go to this coffee shop in Chicago that they just had one of the huge promotional posters on the, like it's like a, it's like a five foot tall poster. It's this huge poster of the logo. It just looks so cool. Cause that's all they would put. They wouldn't put like the name of the movie. They just have the big logo. Like everyone. It's knew like it was. viral marketing before viral. Marketing. Yeah. Like yeah. people. Yeah. Just recognize it's such a good logo that people, you don't have to have any words. People just recognize it. Yep. Uh, Crossing the streams was made up on the spot, so a scene had to be added earlier in the movie for foreshadowing. So they they weren't sure how to like end this, so they're like, uh, "What if we made them cross the streams?" And then later, you know, they're like, "We have to go back and film something that mentions that, so it's not just random at the end." Remember, don't cross the streams. Okay, cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wink at the camera. <laughs> the marshmallow like... was really shaving cream. Uh, nasty uh and i i had read that they actually like did a test with a stunt guy like they weren't sure dropping it from the top of a building and having it fall on people they were a little worried they obviously couldn't buy safe. that much marshmallow cream but um they knew that was much more dense so they bought like big vats of shaving cream and they dropped like 75 pounds onto a stunt guy and it knocked him on the ground and they're like okay we can't drop that much we have to be careful <laughs> uh but the, the amount that crazy. they drop on walter peck like the, the the epa guy it does look like it hurts i'm sure it did like, yeah it's so thick and i was like he should be crushed by this cream crushed by you know cream. what else not not just kind of we're talking about the end here a little bit um they even they didn't even let ernie hudson get bl- almost blown off the side of the brit or the side of the building with them he like he gets blown up onto a bench and he's not even <laughs> part of it's just weird what the 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 lengths that they went to to get him to be as small a part to, of yeah to not include him it's so yeah. weird and anyway. the stuff he's talking about is not he's like you ever read the bible he's like no. yeah he he's just like, randomly he like, brings he's up. like i like jesus's style you yeah. know what i mean and he's just like uh yeah and it's then definitely tries to talk about something else it's definitely <laughs> it's like, a bunch of white that? people trying to write black people's yeah. lines like, <laughs> I like his style. Uh-huh. And he's just like, okay. And then uh, he goes back to Revelations, but it's like, well, what, what was that <laughs> related to at all? Yeah. Kind of weird. Well, um, Reginald, this isn't on my trivia, but Reginald Vell Johnson, who plays like a, a guard in this, who plays a cop in everything yes. from Die Hard mm-hmm. to Family Matters, everything. Um, he said he read for that role and, uh, Strangely enough, I was reading about this when I he did like a recent interview because he's back on the new Turner and Hooch on Disney Plus, mm. um, and he's reprising his role from that movie where he's a cop. But uh, he they would ask him about Ghostbusters, and he read for that role that Ernie Hudson ended up getting, and uh, they were like, "We can't. We we really liked your audition. You didn't get the role, but we have this really small role." And that was like his first role as a cop. Um, obviously, 
worked out for him because he played like a million more yeah. but uh <laughs> he, he sort of like talked a little bit about it and almost like backhanded like dissed ernie because he's like you know i read when i read for it it was that big eddie R- murphy role and then uh you know when i saw what happened or what happened with the movie he's sort of he's like i'm sort of glad i didn't because i would have been pretty pissed like when i read for this role and then get cut to like 10 minutes of screen time and i'm yeah. basically a background character yeah they i they still know i mean he's just like it's just weird what they did it, it is a weird way to structure a movie like watching it now too when they just bring him in because he doesn't and much to Landon's point, none of them changed throughout the whole movie. No. None of them had no any character anything. arc. So bringing him in, and he's just like, if there's a steady paycheck, so it's like, I guess they just needed a fourth person because he doesn't add anything that the three of them don't... Like, the three of them already don't have anything. Right. He adds nothing to nothing. <laughs> like, so they don't need him to be better. They're already famous and good at what they're doing. Yes. And he's they... just there to kind of, like look at stuff like that was weird <laughs> and it is kind of like because at that point in the movie they're like so busy it, so I, I think that's what kind of the explanation for why they bring on a fourth guy right they just um, need to fit another body to do the physical work but they they all go to the like it's not like they're splitting up and taking on more work they they so even the like kind of explanation doesn't really make sense which i'm fine it's a comedy i'm not looking at they it they need for... one more stream to cross okay <laughs> Well, and, even that, like, <laughs> in some ways, I do just appreciate the fact that this is the movie. We're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna hand anything to you as the audience. But in the in another way, I'm like, you couldn't give us a little more of like, maybe they're, well, actually, now knowing that uh, they just came up with it on the spot, the crossing streams thing. But yeah, I even thought about that too. Of like, maybe they tried it earlier in the movie, and three wasn't powerful enough, so they. Luckily, they had a fourth guy now. Anything like that, just give him something for the love of God. Make his time, <laughs> make it worth his time. He doesn't even get to almost fall off the building with you. We know, Landon. We know. It's <laughs> why okay. it's so weird. That's how you stage that scene. He gets blown up onto a bench, and you guys all, as a team, get blown off the side of the building. Yeah, they're almost. like, oh, people don't care enough about him, so we're not even going to put him in a in a bad situation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird. And anyway. look, I, we're not going to start talking about this next one, but, uh, you know, they did. he does talk about it like they didn't make a sequel where he's in the entire movie. <laughs> Whenever they talk about it, they always talk about it like, and that was it for him. But it's like, yeah. you all did a second movie where you're in the entire thing. And I know Is the second he, uh, one's not as pop, you know, it's not as big of a movie. Yeah. But still good. I'm I am going to just not to spoil anything. I liked it enough that I will be watching the second one. Oh, I yay. I will be seeing although uh somewhat famously amongst Joey and I, I I did see the second one. Yeah, I, okay. uh, I inexplicably. I, I've seen the second one just not the first and one. And the new one. Well, and I just watched that one now. Okay. After I watched this one. So <laughs> I'm kind of doing them all out of order, but yeah, ah, um, lovey. I I'm excited to see where all the uh, characters are in their lives at this. You'll point. be confused. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I will be, because they're not real characters. All right, well, what's I, the next? One? I was gonna say I know Ernie is still doing like you know I feel like he's sort of the maybe not but sort of the last guy who's still like really holding on to Ghostbusters. He's still eating Twinkies on cameo. Right, exactly. <laughs> I have a friend who um like 
paid to have him do a cameo for his daughter and uh it i i get it it's cool like for especially for kids who don't understand that he's an actor yeah because she's she's like a toddler but it's like you're it's like the whole santa claus thing like do you really want to lie to your kid and be like ghostbusters are real and this guy (laughs) and and what what made me sort of bummed like he posted a video and he has like a Slimer puppet on his hand that he talks to. And I'm oh like, God, this stop. is, yeah, exactly. And he has the jumpsuit and I'm like, man, this is weird. And, what? and, and what's really weird is, and I'm, I'm sorry if you're listening to this, my friend who did this, but, um, he, they, they tell you on cameo to make it like pretty personal and it gets like a little too personal and it's like uncomfortable. And it's like, uh, uh, crying <laughs> yeah no no it's almost that bad but it's like man like this is i, I can't imagine being on in his position where it's like right there's there's a certain point where i'm like i don't need the money that bad um <laughs> but you know it's i guess it's like if you can live off those royalties and and live that forever you know who am i to say no that you shouldn't do that but uh it just for what they how they sort of treated him in this movie and how little screen time and how they altered his role i don't know i guess take it take what you can out of it i don't know yeah um it's 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 sad in a way but also i would probably do the exact same thing so yeah i'm not and going he, to, <laughs> yeah and it's take just what weird you because can he from, is the most he, he's the least popular one because of it's sad. I, you know, I bought that those the the pop vinyl toys. I did get that first run of Ghostbusters that they did. And the the Winston uh figure comes with the Ecto like you have to buy Ecto 1 <laughs> with yeah, him. Yeah. It's almost oh. like they knew that no one, People like they were had to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Like how do I get the car? I got to buy Zedmore with it. It's going to cost more, but I have to get the car. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, because he's he drove the car in one scene <laughs> like they just knew no one was going to buy his figure. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> so I bought it. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I, I have like two of the uh, newer ones that that came out like in the last year I found on clearance at Target and they're pretty cool. You know, it's they, I have like a little Ghostbuster statue. I have a few collectibles, but uh, like I said, I'm not. I know some diehards that just have like whole Ghostbusters rooms. Well, the big like debate at our house at the moment is if we buy the Lego haunted house or the Ecto one. I was going to ask if you were going to get the Ecto one. I saw it at the Lego store a couple months ago and I was like, okay, I thought I lost my chance, but I have since seen it at target and yeah, I see it every day. I saw it a couple weeks ago and I was like, God, I wish that I liked Ghostbusters because it's, it's a, cool. It, it's and a it's cool from the, set. I think it's from the new movie. Cause you're like, Hey, there's got like the ejector seat or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you're like that. Of course they, yeah, of course they made this two years ago and they've been sitting on it. Yeah. But it looks cool as hell. Yeah. My, so, my brother's totally into that stuff. So I imagine he'll probably pick that up. He, him and his son, like doing the Legos together. It's fun. Just, are you are you guys excited for this new one? My excitement has gone down a bit after getting, you know, six new release dates and uh sure. And I I don't know. I I like I love Paul Rudd. I think he's great. I don't know why we need to throw him in here. Um yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to to stay optimistic and avoid as much of the trailers and stuff as I can just to go in. I'm going to watch it mm-hmm. regardless. So yeah, uh, you know, I might as well go in with some optimism. Uh, 
I am, I was, the, so I was not, which I, I also don't care, but I wasn't that, I wasn't that happy when they, when they announced the Ghostbusters, the 2016 one, um, because they're all girls. No, I think everyone that was mad about that is truly human garbage, but yeah. the reason I was mad was because Bill Murray is such like a little twerp. Yeah. That he would refuse <laughs> oh, to yeah. make a. They've wanted to make a third one for so long, and he's fucked with them Every, to the point where, yes. yeah, they wait till some one he, of them dies. He fucked them until one of them dies, and then he goes to Harold Ramis's house and like sees him on his deathbed, and they make up there. I'm like, it's too late. Right. So then he Harold Ramis dies, the guy that helped create the thing, the one that wanted to do it, and then Bill Murray says, "Okay, I'll be involved." And that, not even in the way that now they have to have a whole new cast. He shows up in Ghostbusters answer the answer the call and refuses to be funny. Like his <laughs> his character is such a waste of time. Yeah, it's like worse than like Dan Aykroyd's in it for two seconds driving a car and he does more comedy than. It's like he wanted to be like. Why are you in this thing? They wanted to make it for so long that they have to do a new one. It's just not the same. And now they're forcing almost a reboot of a third one. And I know it's not like forcing it. It's like my son's directing it and he had this great idea and maybe it will be fun. But from what I've seen, you know, it's like, it looks like it's a Walmart commercial. Every time I see something, it's like Paul Rudd in a Walmart shopping and that's a scene in the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, why are some of these characters like we're getting little glimpses of like the little stay puffed. It's like, what does that have to, what's the, so they I know the, sell them. And it's yeah. like I get that the first movie it doesn't make sense anyways, but like where are these little ones coming from now? And I'm excited yeah. to see it just because I mean a lot of these Stranger Kids things cannot escape having to play like weird '80s nostalgic parts. But I I do want to see like a younger group of kids, and and they are kind of following that lineage. So you want to see where it took it. To me personally, I'm getting very serious about this, but I feel like it's just too late. Like they they've wanted to make it. You People missed have your wanted chance. it. You missed your chance. You missed your chance to do it. And getting these little like, oh, we're gonna have Bill Murray's gonna be in it, even in the new one. And they're like, there, there's gonna be Winston's gonna. Be, it just feels like it's all a little consolation prize, or like, oh, people will go see it because this person's in it for two seconds. But it's like, if it's a good movie, cool. And it, it but they've been ramping up to it for so long yeah that first trailer was so cool too when it's like they pull the the dust cover off the car and you kind of see this like i don't know i want to i'm gonna see it first thing but i I, i'm gonna check it out too and it'll probably be fine i like paul yeah paul rudd's great and yeah seeing the kids i think that's a fun concept too is seeing these kids kind of following their dads but it's like how did it get there like harold ramus's character moved out to the country with Annie Potts or, you know, yeah. And hit yeah. it from his and family. Like, yeah. Like hit it. Like they stopped doing it and then ghosts went away or something. I, I, it is, it's a fun like lore, I guess that they could come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You could have, I just wish they would have done it when they were alive and they wanted to do, even right. if it was a passing the torch thing, like the fact that like Bill Murray just like that just makes me mad at him <laughs> as right. a person. It's like, what are you busy doing? Uh, photo bomb, photo bombing weddings, dude. Act, yeah, actively trolling, basically in real life. I guess it's like, yeah, Wes Anderson like calls you, and he doesn't even have a movie. He's like, I think I'm gonna do a movie in two years. Do you want to do that one? He's like, sure. I'm gonna do one two years after that. And he's like, yeah, I'll be in that one. Everyone wants to see Ghostbusters. 
he has even come around back to it and being like, oh, that's cute. Like liking seeing stuff and talking about it. It's just, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, this has been Landon's first time watching Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I mean, it seems like from the trailers, they are just kind of doing a spin of a spin on Stranger Things, which yeah. Oh, yeah. feels like already the sort of spiritual reboot or something to Ghostbusters in a way. Like it, it has all of the elements now that I've seen it. Like I feel like that that's that's kind of in the vein of that. And And you've got the kids wearing the like going yeah, they, the Ghostbusters and now right, he exactly. one. It's, that being said, it probably will be fun and cool. I'm sure and I would love to see all that stuff in modern day movies. So Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Like I think pushing you know, having these delays um, not only for Stranger Things and, and Ghostbusters, but it's just like that. And, and maybe it will help it because we all get a break from it for a bit because it felt like the kids on bicycles saying was getting way oversaturated. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm like, do we now we're putting it in Ghostbusters, too, because they don't even like try to make the kid look different. Like they literally just look like Stranger Things mixed, you know, crossover. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after the like. I was just like looking at, you know, the new Stranger Things. It's like these fucking kids are like almost adults now because it took so long to film this new season where it's like by the time they start doing press for the new Ghostbusters, they're going to be three years older. You know, they're going to they're going to look completely different. Kids grow so much faster than adults and uh, they age so much faster. It's just going to be weird. And like if this movie's huge, what are they going to do for a sequel? Because these kids are now going to be, you know, like near their 20s or something. So I don't know. Maybe they'll just keep making them and then they become as old as all of these <laughs> old guys <laughs> were in the original oh that's true yeah i mean they and were then, old enough to the and that's another thing is like very 80s is like if they were to do this you know a, a complete reboot we would have to hire like 20 somethings where yeah you can't have like 40 year olds running around right doing <laughs> just like nonchalant yeah nonchalantly walking through action set pieces the only other uh, trivia bit I had that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, after Lindsey Buckingham turned down the job to write the theme song, producers approached Huey Lewis in the news, who also declined due to their obligation to Back to the Future. Um, so they went to Ray Parker Jr. as maybe their third, fourth, fifth choice. Uh, and he recorded the theme, but then ended up getting sued by Huey Lewis for the song being too close to I Want a New Drug. So they had yeah. to, they sold it out of court, but it's like, the dude turned down the job and then goes and turns around and sues the guy who took the job for being too close to him. Uh, I feel I, bad I for like, Ray Parker. I like how like he turned down doing this, but he did like what holiday road or whatever for vacation. Yeah. Like just such a weird song. <laughs> I feel like, like, I don't know. This one just seems fun. Like, do you want to write a song about ghosts? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But maybe that's just me. I'm no Buckingham. I, I think about two, though. I mean, imagine like, again, seeing this on paper and they probably had no uh, hope that this would as far as a musician like, oh, this is going to bomb. Like, this is yeah. this is such a stupid idea that there's no way this is <laughs> successful. So I don't want to be attached to it. Yeah. You know, and luckily, Huey Lewis made the right choice. With, I mean, not necessarily the right choice, but uh you know, Back to the Future, pretty fucking epic and and big on its own right. So it's not like he yep. really missed. He, he didn't really, you know, uh, make a wrong decision. But uh, can you imagine if he would have done both? I mean, yeah. not that not that Huey Lewis needs any more help of writing hits, but 
No, I, I think it's nice that Ray Parker got this because it defined his entire career. Yeah, yeah. that's it's a great my, song. My, I always say if you can, because people laugh at like one hit wonders and stuff, and that's more than most people. Than that's do. one more <laughs> so, hit than anyone else. Yeah, most people have done. So, so if if you you can retire after you do one great song. Yeah, he probably, you know, living high on those royalties for the rest of his life, I hope, anyways. I hope so, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, Ghostbusters. Um, <sighs> I'm so glad we got that one in the bank. Uh, so where can people listen to Lunch Break? Well, on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever I think we're, I think we're mainly everywhere. So you can go to the website and find it or... Do that yep. look up lunch break and <laughs> try to find it. And uh, you guys are on Instagram under uh it's not under lunch break. No, it's not <laughs> no. good, not bad productions. So try to figure that out. I'll I'll link it in the in the uh show notes for sure. But um I think you know most I feel like most of my listeners are familiar with your show. I hope I get some new ones oh, and, and you know, we'll find your show. But uh I'm always recommending it to people because it makes me laugh a lot more than Ghostbusters does. Do those people stop <laughs> talking to you after that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Like, I, I, hey, Tad's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost so many friends for recommending it to people. <laughs> and I can't stop doing it. <laughs> no, no. I, I love your show. Um, please, if you're listening to this, go check it out. Just, you know, even if you go back and listen to uh their ghostbusters uh serial review it's sort of a nice counterpart to this and and go back and listen to yeah. our uh christmas candy episode and the one that sort of tied in with that uh you guys are doing some fun crazy stuff i uh, being on your show i felt like i when i uh clicked out of it i was like what just happened like <laughs> that's we hear that uh, too much to to make us worried <laughs> I I thought I thought I was prepared and I was I I listened to your show. How did I and and then I go into it and I'm like, oh, this is not like listening to it when you're part of it. It's completely different. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, oftentimes I feel like that, (laughs) like when when we're done recording, I don't remember anything that just happened. And it just and then we put it out and, and go on our merry way. Yes. Do it more than once. We've had people bring up something we said on the show and I've. We'll tell them I truly don't know what they're talking about. The guy, I did not say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they reference something, I don't get it, and then I'm like, "What happens to our brains when we do this?" <laughs> something comes over us. It's all the sugar that you're consuming. That's probably yeah. most of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much again for being Thank on the you. show, and uh, I can't wait to have you guys back on for something. Um, even if we're eating more candy, you know, I think people really enjoyed um, making us eat weird flavored stuff so if they come out with some more stuff this christmas uh but maybe even before then we'll we'll find something but uh we'll i'm always here. ready to eat something yeah. strange <laughs> maybe we can um watch the new ghostbusters and talk about that, that hey be, there that we go good too all of our first time yes that yes. would be great well again thanks so much for being on and we'll see you next time bye thanks again for listening to today's episode if you enjoy the show please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. A special thank you goes out to my friend Scott Schreiner for our intro and outro music. We'll see you next week on First Time Podcast.